Hello and welcome to this episode of More Like Him, a podcast about everyday moments with God. Today I am thrilled to be able to introduce you all to my friend John Cowan. John is a a colleague, a a very new colleague for me actually, but he's someone who I met many years ago on a mission when I was studying at Bible College at Pitttown Anglican Church. He's still there, which is fantastic because that means that now I've joined the team there, I get to work alongside him again. John is married to Di and they are very fond members of the Hawkesbury community. They are longstanding servants. Um, They are great encouragements in terms of getting into your Bible and writing all over it and making sure that you're thinking and asking good questions and, yeah, and being shaped by God as you spend time with him. John also, I have realized, is a massive fan of tie-dye and quite often will be found wearing his tie-dye hoodie and T-shirts, and I love that. It feels like a little bit of John's character he brings to work with him in what can sometimes feel like a very serious job. John, thanks so much for being with us today. Thank you. It's great to be here with you and everyone else who's going to be listening. (laughs) Yeah. Now, can you tell me, John, a little bit more about your life? You are married to Di and you guys live out in the Hawkesbury. Yes. Yeah. Wilberforce. And how long have you been out there? Uh, It's over 20 20 years now, um, 25 thereabouts. And before you were in the Hawkesbury, where were you? Yeah, uh, I was uh, living uh, back over in Maryland, uh, which is near Parramatta. That was also the uh, place of the uh, the church where I became a Christian as well. Mm. Yeah. And we'll be hearing about that in a minute. Yep. Uh, do you and I have pets? Uh, unfortunately, no, not now. They, they've yeah. all sort of gone the way that all pets do. So, um, yeah, we... we uh, still probably grieving the, the Chinese silkies that got taken by the fox and and yeah. not quite ready to jump into that level of commitment again. Yeah, that's fair enough, I think. It's a big thing. And, yeah, your pets definitely become part of your family, don't they? Yeah. Well, let's jump into our questions then because I really am excited to hear about your journey with Jesus because Mm. it's not one of those questions we sort of meet a new person at church and the first thing we think to ask them is, so how did you come to know Jesus? Mm. But I think it is actually a really significant question and so encouraging to ask people this. So, John, Mm. how did you come to know who Jesus is? Um, I think I'd have to say it's in... From my perspective, what I am aware of is two phases. My brother, who is much older than I, is a Christian, and I just got to watch him at home being very Christ-like in his behaviour, and um, I respected him on so many levels, but also just respected him on his uh, faith in Jesus Mm-hmm. And uh, it was just so much a part of him. And uh, when we were growing up, my mum, her first husband died, and uh, Ted is the product of the uh, the first marriage. And my father was a fairly difficult person to get along with. And it's the interactions of Ted and my father, I think, that I saw him being incredibly patient. Mm. And I always thought I'd love to have that patience. Where is where does he get that from? Mm-hmm. So that was very early on. That's the uh, the first ongoing phase. And the second phase was uh, when I was in high school, and uh, a friend Wayne asked me to go along to a a growth group at the local church. And uh, it was just before I was seventeen, 
Mm-hmm. And as then that just everything opened up, uh, things began to click together. And I had a real thirst, hunger for uh, getting into the Bible, where I, I was just convinced at that stage that if I'm going to learn anything about God, that's where it's going to be. Mm. And um, I think it was a couple of weeks after I started going to the uh, youth group that, yeah, I made the uh, commitment one night. I just remember very clearly in bed having read, and it just sounds so, I I don't know. It was John 3.16. I was Mm. reading through John, and I got the chapter 3, and I was just reading about Jesus and his talk with uh, Nicodemus, and John 3.16 just hit me that um, God loved me as being part of this world so much he sent Jesus and it was uh, that time I just thought, yeah, he's the one to hitch my my life to. So was it the part of seeing how Jesus, you know, like he did for Nicodemus, went to all people and, you know, it didn't matter what you were like and he had a place for you, in fact, wanted you to be a part of his family so much that he would give his life for you? Was it that kind of? Yeah. yeah. I mean, p- part of it certainly is that he was accepting Mm. of me as I was and probably coming from a fairly dysfunctional family um, it was uh, pretty amazing to I think that someone would accept you on the basis of well they love you yeah yeah that's something that just really hit me I mean John 3 it just sounds so sort of um, uh, I I know so common John 3 16 but that's the one that did it I know what you mean by it's so common because you know it's the first bible verse we all learn right yep yep and it's the one we sing and we, you know, you you spout it out um, because it is so, it's like the key to the gospel for a lot of people, I think, because mm. it just mm. summarises it so perfectly. Yeah. It sounds common, but really it's not common. It's it's just the golden key. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So then you discovered who Jesus is and made the decision that you, you needed to hitch a wagon to Jesus because he was clearly the way. What, what was the thing that needed to change for you to live as a Christian at that point? Before that time uh, in high school, I can just recall um, I've always loved books and mm. I remember going into the uh, school library and looking up everything that had to do with either philosophy or religions and things like that because mm-hmm. I was looking for how everything just fitted together. Mm. And I saw a lot of my mates at uh, school, they they didn't have any answers. Mm. And the books in the uh, school didn't seem to have any answers as well. It wasn't a particularly uh, rich area for uh, finding uh, Christian literature. Mm. <laughs> but I did get the impression that, uh, yeah, it's uh, in the Bible that I'm going to actually find the God of the Bible. Mm. And he's the one that, again, I guess... Uh, Thinking back to my brother Ted, he's the his God was the God of that Bible, and I wanted to get to know him. And I know that uh, as you sit with the Bible, you do write all over it, and you mark it up, and you take notes. Is that something you've always done because of this desire to really know who God is? Yeah, uh, look, it's interesting that you ask that question because uh, in our growth group the question came up about with uh, the first time you read Leviticus and I'm thinking I, I read Leviticus in the first six months of me becoming a Christian oh. and um, I before then I, I'd been given this little booklet this little pamphlet called don't read that book which was the perspective from a, a demon mm. encouraging people not to read the bible 
Mm. But really a Christian book. So at the very end, it said, now, if you want to read the Bible, here's what you can do. And it gave this pattern of actually dividing um, the Bible up into um, 10 columns. And mm. what you do, you start reading one chapter uh, from each of the columns each day. And they suggested, say you don't forget anything and try to find combinations, have a, some sort of a, uh, a color code. Mm. And I just remember that uh, red was salvation. Yep. And I remember when I went through uh, Leviticus, there was a lot of red. Oh, yeah. 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 Which, which really prepared me for everything that uh, we're going to be doing as well because it helps me actually know, okay, uh, salvation's all the way through the Bible. Yeah, that's so cool. That's yeah. really, really cool. I love that you had a colour code system that stuck with you the whole time. That's really yeah, yeah. It's changed a little bit. started off with seven colours, now it's 11. Okay, yep, a bit more detail to things now. Yeah. Okay, so how did then this change affect your life as a whole? Yeah, sorry, that was your original question. Um, yeah. it, it helped me just to uh, focus on what life is all about. I, I was confused before and a lot of the confusion just sort of evaporated. And I remember uh, one of the first things that happened when I became a Christian, the event at school was uh, that um, people were also asking a lot of questions about the meaning of life. And it came up in a general studies in school. And I remember the uh, the the teacher of our general studies actually asking the uh, the class, and it, it came on the uh, subject of abortion of all things. Mm, yeah. You know, a young Christian, I've been a Christian for about for a couple of months. Yeah. And she and she did what no teacher probably would do today. I think yeah. she actually uh, said, "So, does anyone have any objections to abortion?" Oh. And, and yeah, I was the only one in the class that stuck up my hand, but my hand felt like it was made out of lead at that time. Bet. And if there's one thing that uh, sort of really showed the difference in my life at that point was I was always someone who probably went along with the crowd. Yeah. And at that point, when she said, why don't you, in my fumbling, bumbling attempt to try to explain my change of life, the direction and where I, I get my input about what's right and what's wrong, I said, well, I'm a Christian. That was hard enough to get out. Yeah. But as soon as I did that, it sort of uh, after that, I just said, and um, I think as I, I've read the Bible, that my life is not my own and no life is uh, anyone's own except for God. And mm. uh, I think, uh, even as I'm saying that, I bumbled it much more when I said it. Yeah. And I just remember her, and she got very embarrassed. Mm. And the class got very interested. Oh, uh, really? Her uh, response was, well, I don't know if that's relevant, which I, uh, in her embarrassment, um, <laughs> but I was just asked so many questions after that at lunchtime, I just remember. And somehow at that point, I knew my life has changed in that somehow from this point, I have become a representative for Christianity and for Jesus mm. at that point. And I didn't think I would ever do something that would put me out of the, in the limelight or out of the, the normal sort of way that um, people were thinking and people were expected to behave. Mm. That was a big change for me, I think. Particularly because you're remembering this is a moment when you're a teenager. Mm. Like I, that seems such a huge topic to talk about with teenagers because, I mean, at yeah. that point, 
I'm not even confident that I would have understood what an abortion was, let alone had an opinion about whether I object to it or not, other than maybe mimicking my parents' opinion if I'd heard them talk about it. But to be able to reflect on it and see how actually God shaped your response is pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah. Well, that leads incredibly well into our next question, which is, you know, how have you seen God working through your life and impacting you since that moment? Yeah. I find that at different times in my life, people have, uh, when when they know that you're a Christian, you're Mm. expected to sort of know the answers. And when you become a Christian, you realize all of a sudden you don't know all the answers. But the great thing about it is that you can approach anyone's question with a different attitude of, I don't know all the answers, but I know who does. Mm. Uh, so I guess I'm hoping that my influences have been that uh, even if I haven't been able to answer people's questions, I've been able to point people to the one who holds all the answers. And if he chooses to give you an answer, then he's the one who's going to be, be able to. And I know uh, as far as the frequency goes, mm. it probably happens more and more in scripture classes because I'm exposed to heaps and heaps of people, uh, kids uh, during scripture classes and they have an amazing array of questions. They do. So how do I see God is using me? He's using me to probably be sort of a, a cold front, frontline person for uh, people who've got the very first questions that they're willing to ask a person outside of their family. Mm. Yeah, they do. They have amazing questions. And I was mm. saying to a friend the other day that, you know, kids just have this raw honesty about them, which means... Mm. They mm-hmm. share, they say things or they just even phrase things that we would be so guarded in how we'd say them, yeah. but there's just no shame. They just say them. Yeah. And they're so genuine when they say, I don't understand that. Yeah, that's Which, true. And I think that's that's over the years, that's honed me as well because uh, I guess I try to think of uh, uh, what, what's, the, what's the plainest, simplest way of explaining something. Mm. Yeah, which yeah. is a, a great way to do it, right? Start from mm. the basics, make sure we've got those right, and then build on it as we grow. Yeah, start from your sense of inadequacy. Yes, yes, and deal with that first. Yes. <laughs> That's true. What is your greatest joy in being a Christian, John? My greatest joy is having Jesus as, of all the things that he is, as having him as a friend. Yeah. That's the greatest joy. Circumstances can change, uh, people's emotions can change, and all, all of these things are changeable and you just don't know what is reliable, but uh, Jesus is consistent. Mm-hmm. You know, that expression, you know, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, it is just so true and there's that sense of knowing if he loves me today, he'll love me tomorrow. <laughs> There's huge comfort in that thought, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah. That's my favourite Bible verse, in fact. Ah, okay. Yeah, and for very similar reasons because anything I know to be true of God is true yesterday, true today, and it will remain true tomorrow. And that certainty is just such a gift. But it also helps me to process things within the same lens and not, you know how sometimes in your life you feel like you have to, bring a new perspective to things well i don't have to because i'm always viewing it same through the same lens of the same god each and every day and there's a huge power in that and relief yeah yeah absolutely yeah 
Do you have a favourite verse that you lean on when things are hard? When things are hard, I, um, can I cheat and have two? Of course you can. Oh, Go for ex- it. Okay. The first one, and they're related. Uh, mm. The first one is James chapter 1, verse 5. Mm-hmm. Uh, if any one of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who is generous and gives without finding fault, and he will give it. Yeah. Uh, that's inc- incredibly encouraging. Mm. Um, but along with that, you've got to hold to Timothy 3, 16 and 17. And uh, uh, some of us have actually learned that as a memory verse in the past, and I still just love it, you know. All scripture is God-breathed and it's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness, that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Those two things going together, asking God and listening to God will get people who are trusting in the Lord Jesus through all circumstances. Mm. I don't think I'm being simplistic with that. No, I don't think so either. <laughs> so you're certainly expressing a great uh, encouragement in in God's sameness, his unchanging mm-hmm. character and yes. dependence. Yeah. That's a really great encouragement. Yeah. Speaking of encouragement, if you were going to give one piece of encouragement to someone who's not uh, in a relationship with Jesus yet, what would it be? Test out the Jesus of the Bible. Um, don't go to secondary sources. Go to... Mark, which is the shortest account, so you sort of um, come up against Jesus the quickest. I'm not saying that Mark is better than the other Gospels, but Mm -hmm. uh, it's certainly the one that um, brings you very quickly into face-to-face with Jesus Mm -hmm. uh, because that's got to be the beginning and the end of uh, anyone who's trying to um, seek out Jesus. Seek out the place where he's found. Don't seek in the dark. Seek in the light. Seek Mm -hmm. where it is. Yeah. Mm, that's right. And Mark's nice and short as well. Shorter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. How has all of the stuff we've been talking about, how has God's word and how has um, being able to depend on God because he doesn't change, how has all of this worked together to shape you to be more like him? To be more like Jesus it, it, it sounds very repetitive, but you've got to know Jesus. You've got to know the real Jesus. Mm. And uh, he's always the one that you measure up to. You don't try to don't try to measure up to anyone else because uh, sooner or later you use someone else's, uh, put them on a pedestal or whatever. Mm. Everyone's got clay feet. Yeah. Except Jesus. Mm. Uh, and he'll never disappoint you. Mm. So uh, just keeping a clear focus on who Jesus is, uh, having a, a clear picture and le- learning more and more, getting into the, the pre-existence, the birth, the life, the death and the resurrection and the return of Jesus is uh, everything that's uh, going to uh, keep you stable in the Christian life. Mm. And just because the Bible, we come to the end of Revelation and that's the end of the book, it doesn't mean the story is over, does it? Mm. It's it's really it, it's the it's the end of the uh, beginning. This nearly sounds like something that C.S. Lewis would have said in one of his Narnia books. You know, in the last book, the last battle, and at the very end, Lewis is uh, winding up everything that happens in Narnia, and uh, they've come into the real Narnia, which is a picture of heaven. And mm. just that line, I I can't recall it word for word, but the idea is every day was. 
better than the day before, and the mm. day before was perfect. Yeah, wow. That, that it, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. And I'm hearing in that also you saying that we don't stop learning new things when we keep coming back to God's word. No, no. It's far too big for us to be able to absorb all in one go. But yeah. uh, we get enough each time to, um, if God's spirit is working in us, it's his spirit is going to be wetting our appetite all the time to go over the word. So each time we go to any part of the Bible, we should expect God to be speaking to us afresh mm. and showing us things that are in his word. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The word is so big and our minds are so tiny. Well, that's definitely <laughs> true. That is definitely <laughs> true. And as you said also that uh, the like becoming a Christian, you realize that the more you learn, the less you know, because <laughs> there's just so much more to keep learning. And our lives change the way they look, which means we need to change the way we're approaching things or maybe understand new mm. parts of our life. Yeah, I, I love the idea, uh, you know, that some psychologists talk about the aha moments in life. Um, yeah. The Bible, I, I just find there's so many aha moments as I'm going over stuff that I, I thought I'd trod before terrain that i've trod before and yeah uh, it's new yeah that's amazing thank you so much john for spending this time with me and for sharing with us about how you came to know jesus it's really cool to hear how your love of reading even before you were a christian is something that's now continuing to serve you so well and mm. You know, like I'm also, a, I love reading also. And I think it's actually a love that has grown more and more as I've gotten older. Mm. But I have to agree with you that there is always something new to discover when you read the word and when mm. you're, when you come particularly with an expectant heart ready to hear what God would yeah. teach you on that day. Mm. And it could be different to the last time you read exactly the same passage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the cool things you said, which could be, uh, you know, a starting point or just something to keep pondering today for those who are listening, is that John shared that of all the things that Jesus is, Jesus is his friend and that never changes. I wonder as you've been listening to John's story today, what it is that of all of the things that Jesus is, because we do need to acknowledge he is so many, many things. What's the thing that is most precious to you or maybe in this season is most precious to you? And that might change later. But that's a wonderful thought and something that I certainly want to spend some time thinking about later so that I can thank God for that part of his character and the way that it's ministering to me and showing his love to me on a day-to-day basis. Thank you again, John, for being with us. Thank you for inviting me. You are most welcome. We will be talking with John again very soon and we'll be hearing about how God has used him in his day-to-day work and ministry. So I hope that you can join us again for that. Until then, take care.